Hey, this is John Jameson. If this is the first time you've joined us on the podcast, thank you and welcome. We really appreciate it. Let us know your aha moments and while you're at it, we'd like you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. The Altcoin Sidekick podcast is available on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and Stitcher. So please leave a review and don't be scared of making it five stars. We'll keep the great content coming to help you on your journey into the cryptocurrency markets. As Bitcoin continues its ascent, taking back three-eighths of its decline from the December 2017 highs, the 95%, the inconsistent majority, enter late, out of position, and with no concept of risk. While the majority scour social media and sites looking for articles that support their opinions, the 5% patiently wait for moments in time where risk and reward can be quantified, and information can be gained even if their position idea fails. This is John Jameson for altcoinpsychic.com, and this week, as Bitcoin approaches a Fibonacci 382 retracement, a level closely watched by technical analysts, let's talk about the drivers behind long-term trends. Most cryptocurrency traders take their cues from others and trade off the technicals using indicators like the MACD, the RSI and moving averages as their sole reason for taking the trade, not realizing that these momentum indicators are just all different ways of confirming the same thing. The 5% use technicals when trading only over a short-term time frame or as a trigger for entry into a position they expect to hold over a longer period of time. Now, entering into a long-term trend hold and building a campaign works best when background conditions are favorable. For example, in the commodity markets, one method used as a shortcut to confirming favorable conditions is backwardation and contango. Usually, a commodity, a commodity will be more expensive the further out in time the expiry date, and this is called contango. But sometimes, when the supply of a commodity is expected to become bottlenecked, the prices of the near-term contracts start trading at higher prices than the longer-dated contracts, and this state is called backwardation. And when a market transitions from contango into backwardation, the market move, if it starts, has a higher likelihood of being for real. And that's because the new demand is so great that it's forcing the price of the short-term contracts over the long-term contracts. Now, commodity markets also have open interest as well as volume to help evaluate conditions. Now, contango, backwardation and open interest are direct market feedback indicators generated internally by the underlying supply and demand, but sometimes the causes of favorable conditions aren't market generated, they're exogenous to the market, but also affect the supply and demand. Now, while the social media buzz is talking of Bitcoin and the top altcoins, causing the 95% sitting on the fence to throw in the towel and enter, the 5% study geopolitics and other external variables that could act as a long-term favorable condition for their trading ideas. It's easy to act in your own best interest when times are good, but what about when life throws you a curveball? If you were born on the right side of the fence, life is relatively easy. But what if you weren't? Since the end of the Second World War, life in the West has been stable and safe compared to other parts of the world. But we don't think twice about switching on the light. When we hit the switch, the lights comes on, the shelves in the shops are full, 
and employment, if you're willing to do anything, is just about always available. But even in the West, where the quality of life and longevity has improved despite the 100% increase in the global population, there are times, even in the West, where things go sideways. Now, sometimes a local dispute flares up and goes national. Other times, countries are placed into hardship by enforced embargoes. And sometimes, the prices of natural resources balloon out of control as geopolitical events strangulate the supply. In times of crisis, it's the little things that you take for granted that start to become valuable. So if the lights go out, what's going to be more important, your iPad or toothpaste? In a crisis, here are the top 10 things that become scarce and more valuable fast. Generators, water filters, portable toilets, seasoned firewood, lamp oil, guns, ammunition, and let's not forget baseball bats. Now, after these items, it's the staples and things like um, can openers, whisks, um, honey, sugar, rice, beans, and wheat. And in 2019, you can add another commodity to this list, Bitcoin. In the Parabolica series of articles, podcasts, and videos, we discussed the invention of the bond market and how that during the Italian Renaissance changed the way money works. But the TLDR version is this, bonds are the price you pay for risk. Now, when the underlying trust in a government's ability to pay back its debt erodes, the higher the return that is demanded by the bond buyers. And that's because of the increased risk of not being paid back. Now, in recent history, countries like Argentina, Zimbabwe, and now Venezuela have suffered the effects of what happens when trust in a country's government and underlying economy evaporates. As the trust decreases, the returns demanded by investors to purchase the struggling country's debt increases. And if this gets out of control, the price of bonds plunge, but the yields on those bonds soar. And this sets up the conditions for the onset of something called hyperinflation. In April 2019, the rate of inflation in Venezuela is running at over 282,000%, according to the International Monetary Fund. Or put another way, an item that cost $350 last year would cost a million dollars today. Now, this causes, as you can imagine, the total and complete destruction of that country's wealth. Now, in February 2019, the Venezuelan government launched the Petro, a government-backed cryptocurrency um, which was which was backed by Venezuela's natural resource reserves. But the Petro has largely been ignored by the Venezuelan public because of the complete lack of trust in the current Maduro government. So how did an economy rich in natural resources, once the wealthiest nation in South America, find itself in this situation? In 1998, Hugo Chavez won a landslide election with a promise to bring social revolution to Venezuela, proclaiming that the time had come for the rebirth of the Venezuelan people. At the time, Venezuela was the wealthiest economy in South America because it had huge oil reserves, but despite this, half the population was living in poverty and existing on less than $2 a day. And Chavez promised to end this situation, and despite criticism from a wide range of agencies, he managed to hold on to power until his death in 2013. Now, in 2013, um, Chavez's successor, Nicolas Maduro, became president, and since Maduro took office, Venezuela has descended into an economic and humanitarian crisis. Now, the scale of crisis has forced millions to flee the country, and Maduro has been accused uh, of mismanagement and running, basically, a dictatorial and authoritarian state. 
Now, by 2018, more than 80% of the population of Venezuela live in poverty. The shelves are empty, the people are starving, and unrest is getting out of hand. It's getting out of control. So thousands took to the streets, uh, resulting in violent protests. And when Maduro won a second term of office in 2018, the election result was denounced uh, as, um, as a fraud. In 2019, in January, a relative unknown, Juan Guado, uh, formally assumed the powers of the, vel- of the president of Venezuela, but Maduro refused to step down, having the support of the Venezuelan military. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, the Venezuelan currency, the Bolivar, is being eaten alive as hyperinflation eats into the currency and its value plummets. So as millions flee the country, um, many more are doing what they can to save what's left of their wealth. And this is where we enter with Bitcoin. When inflation is spiraling out of control, and the banks won't give you your money, how do you protect yourself from the ravages of hyperinflation? Well, the traditional way is to buy gold, but gold is heavy and not easily transportable, which is an important consideration if you need to leave somewhere in a hurry. Yes, a handful of coins or a few ounces of gold is not gonna be a problem, but what about the price? Since 2013, gold priced in US dollars has traded in a range between 1400 American dollars and 1040 an ounce. But with hyperinflation, remember, the value of a currency is destroyed. Now, gold priced in Venezuelan bolivars is currently trading at over 7.5 million bolivars an ounce, and that's up 10,350% since September 2018. Now, using data from localbitcoins.com, it's clear Venezuelans are using Bitcoin as a tool to save themselves from an economic abyss. In mid-May 2019, around 700 Bitcoins a week are being traded. That's down from over 2,000 in January 2019. Why? Because it's the rate of decay of the buying power of the Bolivar. Again, using localbitcoins.com data... The amount of bolivars being used to buy and sell Bitcoin is up 400% since the beginning of 2019. As the Venezuelan government desperately sells its own gold reserves to purchase hard currency, and as the value of its currency plummets, causing a mass exodus from the country, can the situation inside the country account for and be counted on for the continued rise in Bitcoin's price? Well, the short answer to this is no. But what the data suggests is that Bitcoin can and is being used as a serious alternative to gold when inflation gets out of control. Now, Venezuela is not the only country suffering from high levels of inflation. Both Argentina and Iran have inflation running at over 50%, and inflation in Turkey is around 20%. Hyperinflation is defined when the prices of goods and services rise by 50% in a month. When the momentum of price changes accelerates and approaches 50%, you can expect prices to rise more than once a day. So for example, a loaf of bread will be selling at one price in the morning and at a higher price by the afternoon. And as we get these price changes, as as the price changes once a day or more than once a day, that means that the window of time for you to protect your assets from the ravages of hyperinflation is rapidly closing. Now, while the Venezuelan crisis is not large enough to drive Bitcoin prices on its own, if inflation gets out of control and spreads to other countries because of trade wars, embargoes and sanctions, then the Venezuelan crisis has shown that cryptocurrencies can be used as a serious alternative to gold and other precious metals. One country that is large enough to affect cryptocurrency prices is China. If the Chinese ever need to get out of the yuan because of a rapid devaluation and into 
US dollars, euros or other hard currencies, cryptocurrency is the obvious choice and Venezuela has set the precedent. The yuan exchange rate to the US dollar um, is inverted. So when the price is going up, it takes more yuan to purchase one US dollar. So when, And when the price is going um, down, it means the yuan is getting stronger against the US dollar. In the Wonderwall series of articles, podcasts, and videos, we discussed the tensions between the United States and China. Now, the 30-second version is this. One of the conditions the US wants China to implement is the revaluation of its currency to make it less competitive. A cheap currency compared to the US dollar allows China to export deflation into the US. Now, deflation is not the optimal condition because of the amount of debt that the United States has created. The US wants some inflation to enter into the system. And the level of slack in the US is at nearly 20-year lows, and low unemployment amplifies the inflationary effect. Now, one way inflation helps the US is that over time, it considerably reduces the amount of debt. But inflation comes with a cost. An inflation rate of 2% reduces the purchasing power of a currency by 50% in 35 years, and by 50% again in another 35 years. And this means in an average lifetime, the purchasing power of a currency is reduced by around 75%. Central banks attempt to keep inflation between 2% and 3%, but a little too much risks opening Pandora's box, a little too less, and deflation can enter into the system. Why is the 3% inflation ceiling important? Well, it's because the effects of higher inflation rates aren't linear. A 3% inflation rate would reduce the purchasing power of a currency over a lifetime by 90% instead of 75%, if inflation was just at 2%. Why is this important and what has this got to do with cryptocurrencies? As tensions increase between the US and China, the possibility that China will devalue the yuan to compensate for the effects of the US trade tariffs increases. As the amount of tariffs and the percentages the US imposes increases, then so does the likelihood that the Chinese will devalue their currency. And if, the, if China does devalue their currency, this does have the potential to act as a huge driver of cryptocurrencies. Now, specifically, store of value cryptocurrencies with enough liquidity to absorb high levels of demand. One quirk of the financial markets, including the cryptocurrency markets, is that the actual news or result is not as important as the expected news or result. This is why when a company, for example, reports enormous losses, the price can go up. It's not because of the actual loss, but it's the fact that the expected loss um, the market is focused on, and that's, what, that's why the difference. So if the actual result is better than the expected result, the price will go up regardless of the fact that the company made a loss. And it's the same when a company makes huge profits. Sometimes a company can report record-breaking figures, yet the price can go down, and this is because the result was worse than expected. It's not only financial markets that affect market behavior, but external events can too. For example, the British pound is trading at around 126 to the US dollar with the expectation that a hard Brexit from the European Union is becoming more likely. The actual event does not have to happen to affect the price. It's the change in likelihood that drives the prices, and this is the key. And so it is with the expectations of a Chinese reaction to US trade tariffs. Although China is unlikely to aggressively devalue its currency to, neutral, to neutralize US tariffs, the likelihood of it doing so has increased. And as the likelihood increases, the demand for commodities that will also be affected by the devaluation will also increase. If China did devalue its currency, it would be a shock, even though the likelihood has increased. 
and shocks caused the rapid readjustment of prices. And this can be seen going back in history in stock markets. Now, if the expectation of a yuan devaluation rises, then the more likely Chinese citizens will be to, to go to assets that protect their cash. And one way to do that is to buy Bitcoin. As long as the possibility exists, so does the long-term positive influence on cryptocurrency demand. This is John Jameson for altcoinpsychic.com, and I'll see you next time. This is John Jameson. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've got a lot out of it. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Your review will help spread the word and allow us to create more thought-provoking content for you, covering all things crypto, not just the individual coins and tokens, but the societal trends and motivations behind the rollout of blockchain technology. The internet is being re-engineered and not one in 100,000 realizes it's happening. Welcome to the revolution.